1: And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. Ninety-one percent of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. This is a podcast from Minute Media.
0: What is up, everybody? Welcome to Comic Book Club. I'm Alex. I'm Pete. And we are coming to you from a couple of places on the internet. We're live on YouTube. We're live on Crowdcast. We're coming to you later on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you listen to podcasts. You don't have to name them all. I'm going to name all of them. Tune TuneIn. Uh, Podbean. Uh, this, this is fun. Audrey. Omni. I'm just making up stuff now, I guess. But there's plenty we don't have to make up because we have a great show for you tonight that we are excited to bring to all of you. Before we do, though, Justin is off for right now. He may pop in in the middle of the show. I'm not confident. But
2: this is exciting because he's promoting his new show that's coming out. So he's going to be on Dances with the Stars. uh, Wow. Yeah. Seriously, he's doing a little soft shoeing, yeah. It's gonna uh-huh. be, uh, it's gonna, Is be, he gonna really... be on Disney night. Is he gonna do a Disney dance? Uh, I'm not sure. I think he's gonna be Aladdin and he's gonna kiss himself as the genie. Oh, okay. So it's one of those like
0: puppet, yeah, double puppet things. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, the old double also, puppet. Everybody knows, everybody knows. We're <laughs> the talking. old double puppet, no need to explain. Yeah, Justin might be it later, I guess. We'll see what happens, but in the meantime couple of things at the top here now as mentioned on many many shows Brett Macris our excellent CBC chef has been curating cocktails for everybody every week this week we're doing the early bird from the Gotham cocktail book it's a very refreshing blend I wanted to say of herbs and spices but that's not right it's yeah, not, what bad, KFC it's not a big here? thing of uh, chicken in a jar uh, unfortunately it involves uh, grapefruit chicken in to- a great jar where did you go to uh, eat chicken a jar. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's a delicious thing. We've made it before. It has gin and grapefruit juice. And, and for anybody who doesn't know, this is all cocktails that take place in the continuity of Gotham City. So it's very fun. Unfortunately, I was uh, completely out of grapefruit juice. So instead, I made this delightful cocktail over here. Ooh. But I made it in a Walking Dead glass. So I think still You seasonally? want nerd credit for that? Yeah. Is that all right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Feel like, feel like all right, fair, fair enough. I always, by the way, for anybody who's tuning in for the first time, I always go to Pete for my nerd credit. He gives me he gives me a nerd allowance every Sunday night that I spend yeah. over the course of the week. Fair you do, nice. Thanks, you sp- and you don't save it, which is upsetting. You spend it every week. And you always chide me for it, and that's why I call you Papa Pete. Oh, I wish you wouldn't have said that. <laughs> now, another thing that we've been asking of all of you is to leave a comment. Over on Apple Podcast Five Stars, preferable, and leave a comment and a request for a book for us to review on our stack podcast. We got a new one here. This is from Jolly Man444. I look forward to the stack every week. Really enjoying the banter between the guys. It bananas good. Oh, page, man. catchphrases catching on it's like hanging out with your buddies talking comics over a cute cold ones review recommendation batman universe is a brian michael bendis story that first appeared in the walmart exclusive 100 page giant books walmart me, exclusive yeah you wow. can get a comic book and you can get a big tub of ice cream or uh, oh. one of those one of those chickens in a jar, you know, that I've been hearing a lot about all the way. Anyway, it first appeared in the Walmart exclusive 100-page giant books. To me, it was much better than it had any business being. I'd love to hear if you think I'm crazy or if this is truly a hidden gem. So thank you, JollyMan444. We will be reviewing that this That's week right. on our Stack Podcast. We'll let you know if you're crazy or not. We'll let you know. That's the only thing. That's going to be our whole review. Oh, yeah, I don't think he is either. It's a little bit of a spoiler there. But yeah, tune into the Stack Podcast Wednesday 9 a.m., both in the Comic Book Club feed and the Stack feed to check it out. And folks, we're going to kick off this show with our first guest. It looks like he just got here and I'm already going to pull him right into the stream. There's a new book called The Best Archie Comic Book Ever. See if it lives up to the hype. I don't want to, again, make any promises <laughs> or anything like that. I really like Double Digest number 183, but we'll see if it holds wow. up. Uh, Ruben Jara, he has a Very story specific. in the book. What's that, Pete? Very specific. Yes. Well, that's the one where... Archie has to choose between Betty and Veronica, and he's not sure which way he's going to go. Oh, that one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's a pretty, like, seminal story in terms of Archie Comics. That's the only time I've seen that. Wow. And hey. here he is,
3: Ruben Ajara. Hello. How are you? How are you guys doing? Thank you for having me.
0: Oh, my gosh. Thanks yeah. for hopping in. Thanks for talking about the book. So, best Archie comic book ever on stands tomorrow. Is that right?
3: Yeah, tomorrow. I actually just got the. I got the copy today, Woo-hoo. so... Oh, nice!
0: Yeah, wow. already
2: bagged and boarded. I
3: like yeah, to see that. Yeah. I like to see that. Good to go. Everything's good. I checked it, read it. It's beautiful. Oh, Absolutely great. What would you do
0: if you checked it and it was like, I don't know, they had changed all of your words? Yeah, what <laughs> would you do?
3: Um, I mean, I honestly, I'm so grateful to be a part of this. Like, I if they changed some things up, I'd just be like, I mean, I don't know. I did not even think about that. You know, I'm just so honored. Honestly, yeah. Cool, uh, yeah. well
0: let's talk about this book because it is super fun I don't want to really spoil anything here but there are, are three short stories that go a little wild even for Archie comics you did the third one can you talk about the content of it I don't know how yeah. much you want to yeah so or so okay.
3: uh, my story is called operatives so it's basically uh Betty and Veronica they're super secret spy agents. And so mm-hmm. it takes place in an opera, thus why I called it Operatives. You know, Oh, Got, the like, the of the, And then, yeah. oh. so it's really cool. It's this, you know, I, I grew up watching a lot of like the the Luc Besson films or Femme Fatales or like, oh, you wow. know what I mean, James yeah, Bond, yeah. and you 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 mm-hmm. you get you can guess it. all of the the references. I absolutely love the action packed uh, movies growing up, and like, um, yeah, I just kind of wanted to put a uh, uh, Betty and Veronica in like this scenario where they're. Instead of always like, um, uh, you know, they're always kind of battling each other most of the time. You know what I mean? They're actually uh, uh, like, you know, they're they're a duo here, so like it's pretty nice. exciting, you know. Yeah, and they yeah. just make a uh, badass, kick-ass duo. And uh, you know, I'm not going to give away the story, but there's a new villain in this book. Uh, it's the first time it's ever appeared in an Archie comic. You don't really have too many villains that you know reappear, so this. Issues actually like a, a first appearance, so it's a key issue. So if you collect like oh, RG nice. RG Ooh. comics that have keys, this there's this is one of the few of them. There's not very many, you know. So <laughs> this is one, and it's one of a villain, and it's one of a villain that actually might you might see reoccur in future. Um, so I I mean for anyone that, that likes just key issues as well, not just reading them, this has like a double uh value. No, and must it's a must one- pick up. It's a yeah, must it's a- pick up. Yeah, it's a one shot. You can't go wrong. It's not like you have to like collect them all. Mm-hmm. It's all in this story, and uh, for the price, I mean, you can't go wrong either. You know, I think it's a uh, three ninety nine. You get all the stories. There's like an annual style. Uh, it's just it's like a uh, it's a it's a gold star all the way in my opinion. You know, what I mean? even if I wasn't writing on it, I'd still <laughs> buy it because everything that's it got going for it, you know, and it's got that well, beautiful those beautiful cover. covers too. Yeah. yeah. Oh, they're yeah. great.
0: Now, what was the uh, what were you told in terms of this comic? Like, did you pitch a couple of different ideas and ended up with spy story, or were they like best Archie comic ever? Go. I, <laughs> I, actually,
3: I actually have like six stories that I wrote. Oh wow! Mm-hmm. I did a lot. I, I I'm not sure if everyone else did as like as much as I did, but I went all in. Like I I wrote nice. numerous ones because I was like whichever one you guys want to do. The one that hits the most, let's run with it. So, I've done stuff. I did some stories with uh, I did something with Jughead and a different story, mm-hmm. I did something with uh, Archie in a different story, I did something with more miscellaneous characters in a different story. So, we'll see if we hit some of those later on down the line, that'd be sweet. But, um, this is the first one we went off with right here, and uh, I'm just super honored with it. Um, you know what, you know what's cool is I actually bought when uh, so uh, Tim Seeley did the cover, yeah, so he does them like. He doesn't like do them digitally. He doesn't like the real deal Holyfield. Like, and actually when I heard that, I like reached out to his art dealer. I was like, can I buy it? So like, actually, oh, uh, nice, nice.
2: Celia yeah, Original.
3: Yeah. There you go. And then I told Tim, I was like, dude, I'm, I, I love it, man. So That's... this is going on my wall forever, but yeah, it's, it's I'm... just as beautiful in person as it looks on the, it, it, he killed it for real. Yeah, Just to kind of
2: like, uh you know uh, upsell your book even more i mean it's a murderer's row it's a who's who i mean you've got van lenty and tim Seely coming right out of the box i mean that's it's a that's a power pack right there that's a lot of heat
3: yeah and and my uh my uh interior artist the uh the person there's we're basically set up in pairs in this book there's like teams mm-hmm. of three mm-hmm. and so i was paired up with georgia sposito and she's the one that's been doing all like the uh the interior stuff on all the doctor who books at Titan yeah, as of late. So pretty cool. So and she did art. a remarkable job. Yeah.
0: Now I feel like everybody has that first memory of Archie comics. Like can remember maybe not the first memory, but definitely like that seminal memory of this is when I got interested in Archie as a kid. What was it for you?
3: So as a, as a kid, my, uh, you know, I, I didn't really grow up, uh, very you know we we were we were going from home to home i mean i, I don't know how many trailer parks or what i've lived in in and, and houses i've bounced around in um because i grew up on the border so i would be back and forth from mexico to the united states mm. and so we didn't really have like very much money so like i was uh you know to, to make it even funnier like I, I grew up being a big fan of like the ninja turtles you know yeah so, like i was one of those kids that like you got like your one action figure on your on your birthday and on Christmas and that was it. Right. Right. So, and then I had a brother. So I used to like beg him, like, like if I got Raphael, I'd be like, get Michelangelo, get Leonardo, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> on your birthday so that we can complete the four turtles after a year and a half or something wow. like that. You know what I mean? A year. <laughs> and so, but like with, with, uh, when it came to like comics, um, we couldn't get like a toy when we were or kids. And the, the, the cheap option was like a, a candy at the checkout. And we were like at the, the local, kmart or whatever, you know, store nice. was here. And uh my mom would be like, Okay, get get a candy or whatnot. And my brother would always get the candy, and I would always uh I started to opt for the the comic. Yeah. And so at these stores like and that, the at the checkout counter, yeah. yeah. At the checkout counter, those RT digests were always there. Always and I was like, there. I want that. I want that, you know? Cause like my brother would eat his candy and like that was it, done deal, right? Quick yeah. sugar fix, quick sugar rush. But me, it was like I can get this this comic book and I'll be able to read it today, and tomorrow, <laughs> mm-hmm. and next week, and the week after that. And like I would like trace it and I would draw it and I would like oh,
4: wow. cut some
3: pages out and like I I use I I use that thing to like for everything that it had, you know what I mean? So like wow. I, <laughs> so like the Archie Archie the comics go really way back for me, and then crossing back and forth to like Mexico for like you know doctor visits or seeing like because the majority of my family lived over there when i was growing up mm-hmm. um you know there was no iphones there was no ipads there was no televisions in the cars you know what i mean yeah. um and so like basically like our form of entertainment was Oh, com- well, mine was comic books you know what i mean that was yeah. my form of entertainment so i'd be reading that thing we were stuck in line like three and a half four hours trying to cross back from mexico you know because always took longer to cross back than to cross over so, mm. yeah, it just, Archie's goes, I run deep with it, you know. Mm. I've always <laughs> loved it. And to be writing for them right now is, is insane. It's full circle, you know. I, I In my area, I'm the, f- yeah, in my area, I'm the first writer to break into comics, period. There's never been someone that's done that. There's one person named Dave Garcia, and he broke in as an artist. Mm-hmm. And he got to do the, the early Archie Ninja Turtle comics that i used nice. to read so those are the turtle books i read so even even crazier the turtle books that i read back then were also archie so i'm just like intertwined <laughs> in this web like you know i yeah. was i was a product of it and i became a part of it and it's just it's you know it hits Completing at my heartstrings right yeah yeah well and also
0: for those who don't know about your background you're also a R were a professional skateboarder
3: yeah yeah my- it, no, in my twenties, I skated okay. professionally. Yeah, I don't, I don't do it anymore. Um, I still skate, though. In fact, I skated yesterday. But nice. um, I just don't do it for anybody. Um, like I, I, I went through the industry. I did all that. I had sponsorships, endorsements. Uh, uh-huh. I had my own power bar box, which was sold like at Target, Walmart, oh, wow. Wow. Ralphs. Uh, like the other person that was on the other box during the endorsement was like blake griffin at the time he played for the clippers wow like i used to skate for like all kinds of crazy brands like i i had like deals and stuff for a while so i, I was very familiar with action sports period nice. you know yeah did
0: you did you have a power bar flavor or was it just generally you're on all the boxes
3: you know i was so <laughs> young when i did that and like i'll be transparent that like i got like a, early on when i was you know skating professionally i uh I got like an early cash ad- advance when I signed a contract and I didn't sign for a percentage when I was young, cause uh-huh. I didn't have an agent.
2: Oh, wow. And like, oh,
3: yeah. it turned out that the, bu- the bu- I, so I didn't have no say on what my signature product was going to oh, be. Man. And it ended up being like their version of a Snickers oh, no. and like, and of course, like it sold like millions of units, you know <laughs> what I mean? And to, to the point where like the first time I saw that box, I was at a Target store when I had my apartment. I was able to afford an apartment and all this in Orange County at that time when I I moved because I was doing the whole skate thing. And I just went in to buy milk to eat my cereal, really simple. You know what I mean? And there was Mm -hmm. a woman in front of me and and like the little little, uh, baby seating thing. Uh, She had a box and it was facing me, two boxes actually. And one of the boxes was flipped backwards and it was me on a skateboard and it said my (laughs) name and stuff. And I was behind her and I was like, wait what like it's already you oh, know like wow. and she didn't know who i was obviously <laughs> and like but but that's where it hit me that like they don't even need to know who the heck i am like they're gonna yeah. buy it based on the flavor alone you know what i mean mm-hmm. it's like you went to go mm-hmm. buy wheaties you don't you don't really some people collect right but yeah some people just want their cereal so if like if it has an olympic athlete I throw, like, i don't know who that is but i want my wheaties you know what i mean yeah, so yeah. like they bought it there it was just it sold like crazy And like my mistake, I didn't sign the right. Had I signed like a percentage, it would have been like millions of dollars. Right. And so that that was like in my early, so I made a lot of like early mistakes like that growing up and you know, I got better at doing the deals and all that, but you know, for the most part, you know, I did everything I wanted to do with skating. Um, and I did it early on like that because I know like my body was only gonna be able to do so much for so long like that, you know? And, and that's the reason why I did that first, I knew like all the writing and all the music and all that, that I want to do, I could do that later. And that's what I'm already doing now. You know what I mean? So I'm starting to do all of those, I'm conquering all those dreams now, but nice. uh, all the action sports stuff, I did it early on, on purpose. Cause I was just thinking ahead, like, Smart. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to do this later. I'm going to do this right now. You know, I, I actually have a younger brother who's a pro skater right now. Like wow. he's mm-hmm. now he's in the industry right now. He's in it, you know? So, and he had like a, he has like a signature shoe with Adidas and all. So it's oh, wow. yeah. So and I got him into skating when he was three years old. I used to take him with me everywhere. Wow. So yeah. So I have like a just a big history with skating, um, in general. And I'll, I'll always do it. I'll be the I'll yeah. be the eighty year old dude with long white hair on the beach <laughs> on a cruiser, just passing you by. Like yeah, you know what I mean. Like <laughs> not doing any tricks, just riding. I just love the feeling. It's just, it doesn't really have to be about tricks to me. It's just the independence and the freedom of it. And just, uh, how you get from point A to point B, it's all about the journey. And I just, gosh, I love it. You know what I mean? I don't have to do anything crazy on it. I just got to just ride. That's all. It's almost like when people just want to get on their Harleys and just take off, you know what I mean? And go, it's kind of like that. But I mean, it's just, I just go on my board and I just go and yeah, I just nice kind of get my little zone, you know, and it's, and it's exercise too, you know, right. writing from point to point, you know, it's just my, my way and I love it. I'll always love it. So I have that, that, uh, that history with it. I have that understanding, uh, of how everything works and yeah, I just did a lot with it for many, many years. Yeah.
0: Well, hopefully you can loop back to a second power bar endorsement with the Archie yeah. comics. But we'll see what happens. <laughs> Other than this issue coming out tomorrow, do you have anything else lined up at this point? Anything else you want to tease or
3: plan? Uh, with Archie, I can't talk about it technically okay. yet because we, yeah, we don't know where it's going to go. But yeah, uh, I, I am working on an original IP. So oh, cool! I'm working on an original IP. We might do like a, a Kickstarter for it. But it's basically like uh, I call them, they're kind of like the like the Mexican Avengers or like the Mexican <laughs> X-Men. They're like from Mexico, like nice. they get their uh yeah. So I, I can kind of go more into the details of that a little later. But that story, I finished it. It's done. It's already with my with my artist. And mm-hmm, he's already cool. doing character design, everything. So uh, eventually I'll be announcing that. But that that's something that I, I've been working on and I've officially finished. And that'll that'll probably come a little sooner an announcement. In terms of all the other things, uh, and then on oh. top of that, I, I started up a, a, a podcast uh, called Passions Personified, and we're going to be—I'm mm. going to be launching that in like in the next the next nice, week. Nice man. Yeah. What's
0: the what's the idea of that? Are you able to talk about the concept of the podcast? Yeah,
3: yeah. So Passions Personified—I'm basically interviewing just pretty much like uh like uh, I, I basically ask a lot of ordinary questions to extraordinary individuals. Uh, mm. But like for the most part, I get people from different categories who who follow their passions. So like my first nice. guest is going to be uh, John Dupre, who did all the score soundtrack for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles one, two and three. Nice. Yeah, and he did like he did like Weird Al's UHF. He did. Oh, like a he, yeah, Wanda. Yeah. So and it's really hard to get an interview with him. He's out in the UK. And um, man, what a what a treat interviewing him. And uh, basically, like, I just I'm going to interview a lot of people that, um, you know, either weren't on people's like uh, radar, but they should be or people mm-hmm. that, you know, but you don't know. You're like, oh, yeah, like no shit like he did, you know, yeah. and to hear these stories, like, for instance, some of the things that like John tells me in our interview, like blew my mind. Like, I didn't know the the inside details on what was going on during the movie, why certain things were the way they were, who played wow. base on this. You know what I mean? Like, um, it just blew my mind. Some of the things I found, and you know, I just, I just find it like some of these stories have to be told because you never know, you know. Like even like John, even like John told me, like, um, you know, life is short. You know what I mean? And like, mm-hmm. it, it's this time that we have with these people and these heroes because that soundtrack to that movie was is my favorite of all time, and that's my favorite mm-hmm. movie of all time. Actually, I wouldn't even had a skate career because the first time I ever saw a skateboard, and I told him this. Was in the Ninja Turtle movie in the beginning when they're in the sewer. <laughs> uh-huh. yeah, That's yeah, my first dude. time seeing a skateboard. It wasn't like a person in front of me in my hometown. Mm-hmm. It was that movie. So, holy shit! You yeah, know, like
2: I've, I feel you on that. I I learned uh, the nunchucks from the Michelangelo comic. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, wow. this is yeah. crazy
0: to hear from you guys because the first time I saw Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, I started crawling around on the ground like a turtle. Like that was my <laughs> big takeaway from it. So nice. Yours is more exciting. <laughs> well, who's to say? yeah who is to say
3: <laughs> yeah it, it's it's yeah his stories are it's it's pretty incredible i, I just cool. i'm just interviewing people a lot of people like that that uh i just want to get the inside take on things you know what i mean um mm-hmm. that that should have a say you know what i mean like it's like yeah. Yeah, there's they they did so much for the culture without even knowing sometimes you know what i mean their impact and it, it impacted me and and i know other people listen to it they'll be impacted as well so that's pretty much what my my show is going to be about and um Awesome. Uh, it's probably gonna be like every every two weeks we'll do a show so it's not like two because a lot of my guests like i said like my first guest isn't even the united states you know what i mean so like mm-hmm. i'm gonna have people i'm trying to get a lot of people that are kind of uh random but difficult to get but when you want to have them interviewed it's like holy whoa this is crazy this is random you know what i mean like yeah. like one of these days maybe i'll try to interview the guy that was actually in this skating in the suit like i'll go yeah. that cut, you know yeah.
0: I yeah, feel man. like I feel like you don't actually want to do the concepts of the podcast. You're saying you just want to do a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles podcast. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to
3: knock out all the people. Uh, yeah, really right, yeah. on. You would be
0: like, "Wow, this is really inspiring. You talked to the guy who did the score of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Now he talked to the people in the costumes of Teenage yeah. Hold on a second. Hold <laughs> Deep on dive over. on all the
3: turtles, yeah. Yeah, I do I do have some other I had another guest that we already shot but we we haven't uploaded and he was in the movie No Country for Old Men. So he got oh, to wow. work with Tommy Lee Jones and uh, he was—he's a, a friend of mine that I did a signing with at a uh, San Diego Comic Con many years ago, and uh, there's just been different people that I've interacted with through the years. Because before, in between the skating and the comic stuff, I did stunt work in like movies and music videos, wow. so I met a lot of a lot of people, and I had a—I at that point I did have like an agent, and I was getting sent to auditions and stuff like that. So I understand that part of the industry too. Wow. Yeah. That, so that's i had awesome, a, right? a pretty wild journey throughout you know yeah. hell yeah
0: that's fantastic and i'm so glad that it's brought you to archie comics again the book is great and i'm excited yeah, to see congrats. whatever is coming down the road with you yeah. and archie and all the rest of the stuff ruben thank you so much for coming on it was a pleasure yeah.
3: no thank you for having me you guys are awesome and uh love the show keep up all the great work thanks nice, uh, man
0: you too thanks ruben yeah. have a good night
3: yeah you too have a good night
0: take care All right. Once again, that is uh, Ruben Najara. The book is called The Best Archie Comic Ever. And it is coming out tomorrow from Archie Comics. And as we said, it is super, super fun. So people should check it out for sure.
2: It's awesome. A lot of great stories that really uh, brought me back, man. I remember the old, like, uh, trying to talk to my brother about what uh, action figure he was going to (laughs) get so I could get one and they could fight each other. It's a huge Huge back and forth, man. You know, I used to have to give up cereal for that. It was real. Oh, my God. Cereal, of all things. Yeah, Ah. Yeah, man. Cinnamon Toast Crunch. That was money to kids back then, dude. That
0: was. Back in the day, we used to exchange it for goods and services. All right. Why don't we bring in our next guests here? They are the creators of the new book, Slip, which came out last week from Algonquin Young Readers and is already at number one on the Young Readers charts over on Amazon, which is super cool. Uh, we've got Admaja Pandya. And any second now, Marika Makula is going to be in here as well, I hope.
4: I think Marika mentioned that she's eating dinner, so she might be like, running to put dinner away or something.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> no problem. Yeah, Yes, that's fine. We, we could eat dinner pete do you want to take out your dinner pete has oh, a whole sure, tray yeah. of lasagna right underneath <laughs>
4: these. Well, she's, in, she's in the chat she says she did accept the request but
0: uh, you know what i love this platform it um, <laughs> ah, works really well, well <laughs> stream, stream yeah. is the super seamless <laughs> <laughs> every time uh but yeah thank you for coming today uh Yay! <laughs> hey! there, there. there we go we did it Awesome. Uh thank you both for coming on today. I love Slip. This book is so good. Congratulations on the initial success here. As I said, I mean, at least as of today, it's number one and I think Young Adult Graphic Novels something on Amazon. I'll I'll look it up because oh, I like yeah. the title, All right? Yeah. Hold, I hold, on. <laughs> hold, on. hold on. Hold on. I'm gonna give you some news. Uh don't don't look Slip Amazon. Do a more specific search on Google, unfortunately uh yes it is here we go number one new release in teen and young adult coming of age comics and graphic novels Ooh, hoo, right whoa, now on amazon great. there you go nice. uh well there you go good things thanks so much for coming on <laughs> bye bye i just wanted to uh no this book is great um, it's very intense to read it's very emotional and very heartfelt uh but uh marika i believe it was based at least in part on some real experiences that you have is that right
5: yeah. So emotionally, it's a little more abstract, but it mm-hmm. is based on changing relationships that I had with different people. Um, and then the actual doing ceramics on a farm is very much grounded in reality. Uh, between <laughs> okay. my age junior and senior year of college, I spent a month at the Salem Artworks, um, wow. which is in Salem, New York. It's this tiny little farm town. It's this beautiful like artist residency location with sculptures and lots of barns. I had a studio in a barn. I built a kiln out of bricks that I found and fired it um, Mm -hmm. and lived and slept in a 62 Ford Falcon van. (laughs) (laughs)
0: that's crazy so the idea of the book though without getting too much into spoilers is that this main character who we can see on the cover here if you're watching it live um she is dealing with a situation with one of her friends ends up going to this hard school and ends up dealing with that very in a very real way in a very serious way in the background uh with sort of a lot of magical realism i would say thrown into the mix um when uh when did you come on board, Admaja, for the project or was it something that you both were working on together?
4: No, um overall this book took uh nine years, was it? Uh,
0: yeah, if we okay. think about nine years
4: ago. the very conception to the like the very end of it. So it was in Marika's hands for half that time and then it was offered to me to illustrate. Um and that took another like four five years, so, no, four wow. years, and then another year for print. So it was actually almost exactly half and half with us. Wow. Man.
0: Uh, well, then uh, back to you, Marika, in terms of the concepts, you started with this idea of this place you had been to, and then you start working in the other characters. Where where did these different elements come from?
5: So at the time I was living in upstate New York, I was actually working as a teacher um, for undergraduates. So teaching and teaching art and teaching literature was very much a part of my life um and i was working my way through processing a lot of emotions around a relationship that had ended badly um and i was wanted to touch clay while i was doing that i wanted to work out my emotions through the clay and couldn't do that and so the next best thing was writing about it Mm. and so i started working on this particular book um and it was emotionally awful to work on to be totally honest like (laughs) it was reliving a lot of like really hard emotions and trying to put my characters through the same thing um And then, like, once I was done with it, and it was passed to Atmajah. So Atmajah and I know each other as friends before we started working Aww. together. Um, and so part of my thing is is that, so I am an illustrator, but I don't illustrate everything that I gotta write. And I really wanted this to be a true collaboration once it got handed off to an illustrator. And so I basically told her, I think you're a great person. I'm not going to talk to you about the book while you're working on it at all. Like if you have a question, you can come to me, you can come to the editor, but I want this to be your book as well as my book. And so I don't want to tell you anything about it or feel like I'm exerting my force. Like I write very, very tight scripts um, with very tightly notated panels and page turns. And so all the information that I needed was there. And then it was really, I wanted to let Atmajad do her job.
0: Hmm. Well, in terms of that was uh, to get into like a specific artistic choice that happens in the book. Whenever fantasy starts to push through, red comes out in the colors. Atmaja, was that something from you? Was that in the script? How how did that work?
4: Yeah, actually, the the color wasn't notated in the script at all. Uh, the decision to print in two color was made by the publisher, mm. but we were we were allowed initially to pick the colors, so um, <laughs> Rick and I... Like one of the few times we talked together, we were like, "It has to be the color has to be terrac- terracotta brown." Obviously, it's about pottery. And then, <laughs> like, well, yeah, you see where this is going. And then I went back and talked to the publisher, and we even did sample pages, and they were like, "It looks like poop." <laughs> so <I was> so <laughs> mad, I was like, no, it doesn't. Brown is a beautiful color, and nice. no, it totally. They were right. It would have looked like poop. So. <laughs>
0: oh. Well, I think it worked out really well just to get into like one specific content. uh, No, the first way that we really see the color come in, I think if I remember correctly is when the main character sets something on fire. So to me, that was like the fire growing out of the page and creating these images. Was that kind of the idea there?
4: Yeah. So ultimately we, we want these two colors because I, I mean, this book is like, it's not a, it's not a happy book. It's a, there are like joyful moments in it, but it's not an upbeat book. So I didn't, Want it to be a very colorful book. I wanted it to have kind of a nostalgic, sad feel. So um I thought, like, with the desaturated color, that's kind of in trend right now. You know, like you yeah. look at books like this one summer um, heartstopper books like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's within like within those parameters, and then the color the accent color is so it's a type of color that isn't in present in nature. You know, it's almost too vibrant to be real. Mm-hmm. So like. And having that printed in Pantone color means it really like it really like vibrates against the page. It's not just mm. digital like flat color. So it was like it was a nice opportunity to make use of the the medium to supplement the story.
0: Yeah, uh, getting back to the story that Marika, for you, the uh, there it, it almost feels like this live wire in a way to be talking about having people criticize art and talk about the process of art while you yourself are creating art. What was that like? What was that pressure there to craft that properly?
5: So, I mean, I went to art school and then I went and got an MFA. So I have a lot of experience with critiques. And then I went and taught undergraduates for eight years. So (laughs) critique (laughs) is very much a part of what I do and sort Mm -hmm. of how I move through the world. I was also raised by an art teacher. So that's always been a part of my life. Um, And personally, I thrive with critiques. Um, like my critique partner that I work with, I work with her because she tears everything I write to pieces and she does it because there's something important there. And she's only tears it apart because, uh, she sees that kernel that can come out if she does so. Whereas like she wouldn't spend the effort tearing it apart if there wasn't something worth it there. Um, Mm -hmm. and so I, I see like critiques as very helpful and I love them and I welcome them. And I think that they are intimidating, especially when you're young, but sort of as you get older and you've had more of them, they become you become accustomed to how they work and how to phrase things and they're a little less scary. Whereas so for the characters in this book, they're still young. Critiques are terrifying. They haven't quite understood that yet. They're at that high yeah. school phase of their existence. Give them a freshman year at art school and like they'll be they'll know how to deal with it. They'll cry a couple times and then it'll be over. They'll have their walls up, they'll figure it out. Um So I do think critiques are really valuable. I still use them. I also think, though, that there is not every book is for every reader. So Mm. I recognize the fact that the book that I have written is not for every reader. Not everyone's going to like it. And that's totally fine. There are so many other books that you can read. You are never going to read everything you want to before you die. And that's okay. But this book will be right for some people. And I really hope that they find it. Mm. Um, And so I think that, like, I really appreciate criticism and I appreciate reviews. Um, and having worked in the book industry for 12 years, I appreciate the breadth of what exists, and that we can talk about it, and that we can lead people to the right book. And so I actually find it really interesting to read critiques of the book, because sometimes I also agree with them. Like, I wrote this book and finished it, like, over five years ago. And so I was a very different person from who I am now. i thought other things, i thought <laughs> yeah, in different but... ways. And so... The only thing that I think about is that every project I work on, I want to grow in some way and create something that is better than the last in some way. And so mm. I appreciate this book and what it allowed me to do, and I'm really happy it's out in the world. But I also am really excited about the next things that I've worked on and the things that are mm. in the works that challenge me more and I pushed a little harder. And like if I rewrote Slip now, it would probably be better. It would probably be a different <laughs> book.
0: Um, oh, and I not better. That and no I way.
5: Beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs>
0: Uh, Well, I, I wanted to take a step back just because I thought it was interesting that you brought up Heartstopper, which is obviously very hot right now. I mean, it's always very hot, but like with the TV show on Netflix and everything. And this did remind me of it a little bit, not just in terms of the coloring choices, but also just in terms of having queer romance that deals with trauma but does it in a relatively gentle way i think that's how alice olsman described yacht just mm. rather than being like this is traumatic and this is the only thing we're dealing with this is part of the experience this is part of what we are dealing with in this book so what was your approach there in terms of slow playing is probably the wrong thing but in terms of working in these traumatic and very serious topics that you do deal with throughout the course of the book but still making it work as an overall story about this character's growth and change.
5: So this originally wasn't going to be a romance. Um
0: mm-hmm. all
5: mm-hmm. of a sudden Mary showed up and started kissing Jade and I was like, <laughs> I guess I'm writing a romance. Let me now rewrite uh-huh. this. Um and I remember reading a Madeline Langle essay when I was in high school about how she had a book that completely changed. I believe it was Arm of the Starfish because a character showed up and started doing things. And so when Mary showed up and started doing things, I was like, okay, that's how this book is gonna go and I'm gonna change it. And I think
0: mm-hmm.
5: one of the reasons I wrote it as a shifting friendship story is because I think there aren't very many of those in YA. Um, we often see YA both any type of relationship, whether it was romantic or not, as sort of the be all end all relationship that will last you through your entire life. And the reality is, is that some of those will do that, but not all of them will. And a lot of them will shift and change as we grow and change. And mm-hmm. so I really wanted that to be reflected. And I think that part of that nuance in relationship is also the nuance that you get in terms of like, life is messy. You're never dealing with just one thing. And so the complexity of saying, Oh, I'm dealing with this budding romance. I'm also dealing with these feelings of my friend. That's what real life is actually going to throw at you. And so to me, it made sense to have all those pieces there because that is the complexity that we're always dealing with and trying to balance.
0: Well, I love that. It definitely felt very real to me while I was reading it. Certainly like had some flashbacks of Camp myself and other experiences like that while I was reading the book. Um, Atmaja, again, for you, in terms of designing the characters, what was important, particularly when it comes to the main characters in terms of their look and their feel? Uh, what were you trying to capture there? It's
4: a good question. Well, I, I wanted to make sure that the the kids really looked quite young at that age. Mm-hmm. You think, you know, you go through phases, and I think your late teens and your early twenties, where every year you're like, "I'm an adult now,"
1: and you're not, <laughs> you're not really until like you
4: get thirty. Um, so I wanted it. They're experiencing very adult emotions, but I wanted to make it clear that they are they are really young and they have like round faces and like soft hands and like arm forearms and stuff so that that was like certainly on purpose for Jade I like the main character in the cover like she was described pretty thoroughly in Marika's script but personally I just wanted a character who was kind of like who always was like a little bit in motion I wanted her hair to be quite like messy and full because I wanted her to always be like moving a little bit even when she was standing still Mm -hmm. like to kind of imply that like her mind is always running even when she herself is not saying anything. And I, I, to be totally frank for the other characters, I kind of just designed them in a way that like I think is cute personally, like as, <laughs> as for me to be. <laughs> so uh, Mary, her love interest is like the kind of girl that I really like. Kim, her rival is like the kind of girl that I really like. <laughs> uh, the
0: nice. teacher is like
4: the handsome kind of teacher that I would have been into as a kid. <laughs>
0: Well, Some fun stuff. I love that, too. That's so cool to hear. Uh, <laughs> in terms of having spent so much time on this, uh, are there other projects that you have in work at this point? Are there other things that you have coming down the road? Or is it going to be another 10 years until we see the next book? Like <laughs> you? Worth the wait. <laughs> Thank you. Um,
5: my agent has a couple of things that she's been pitching for a while. Um, one is my online dating memoir comics. Um, which was a period of a year in which I aggressively dated in the Somerville and Cambridge area and made comics about it because a bad date is a very good comic Um, (laughs) and sort of like broke down all sorts of interesting percentages and information like Harvard versus MIT. How many can I catch all the hard sciences? Um, And so that book, which I would illustrate is with my agent and is being pitched. Um, And I also Mm -hmm. um, adapted that and fictionalized it as a TV pitch, and she has that as well. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I've been working on that. And then um, I have a couple other things in the works, Um, some things that I'm sort of like pulling out of the long lost documents on my computer, Um, and then also looking a bit at writing novels,
1: specifically romance.
0: Oh, wow. Cool. Uh, I'm, I'm going to read out this question, even though it sounds like you guys are not sure, just because I want to say this on the show for any of the listeners. So our other guest, Ruben ajara, it turns out has a comic book shop as well called MetaHumans Comics. And he was wondering if the book is orderable through Diamond distributors. Uh, you can certainly get it through traditional publishers, I think, through Amazon and Barnes & Noble and everything like that. But do you know if it's through Diamond as well?
5: I'm pretty sure Diamond's it is available because my local comic shop got it through
0: them. That's oh, great. There we go. Yeah. A little technical. And we sure. did business here on the show. Yeah, we <laughs> Amazing. Uh, well, cool. I'm really looking forward to whatever is next uh, from both of you. Yeah, congratulations. on So good. And it's so emotional and thank it you. was such a great read. So thank you so much for coming thank on. For it was a pleasure. pleasure chatting about it and have a lovely night. Thank you
4: for having us. You. us. This was really fun.
0: Cool. All right. All right. There mm-hmm. we go. Uh, Once again, the book is called Slip. It's out now from Algonquin Young Readers. That was Marika Makula and Adbaja Pandya. The book is great. Uh, Like I was saying before, it's just so emotional. There's so much heart on the page going on in it. Loved it. Good stuff. And folks, we are going to move on with our next section, which is my favorite section because you all make it up. It is your audience questions. All right. And for audience questions, drop a question over in the YouTube comments or an ask a question over here on Crowdcast. But first, Pete, we got a sponsor this week. Woohoo! Woohoo! It is a new podcast called Dynamic Duel DC versus Marvel. What? I know, it is a podcast where Twin Brothers, Johnny DC, and uh, Marvelous Joe answer who would win in a Marvel versus DC matchup using, are you ready for this? Math. They speculate, uh, you're out, you're out at this point, Pete. (laughs) (laughs) They speculate on how the battles will play out beat for beat, then put the debates to rest using Monte Carlo simulations.
1: They also review...
0: Marvel and DC shows and films, presumably, I haven't checked on this, not using math, but maybe they use math for that maybe as well. Do, I, yeah, I don't honestly know. You can find Dynamic Duel DC versus Marvel on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts, and visit them on Instagram at Dynamic Duel Podcast and Twitter Dynamic underscore Dual. That's going to add up to a good time.
2: Well, it's definitely an interesting concept and worth checking out for sure. Yeah,
0: absolutely. I'm excited to check it out. You can count on that. Oh, boy. Wow, oh dude. Oh, boy. Pete,
2: you, what, are, did you what
1: really are you
0: drinking tonight? Did you tee that up? I hope. I hope No, that. I really didn't. That was just I, off the top of my head, if you can yeah, believe it. That's me to feel a little bit better. What are you drinking tonight? all I hated and the and thing Rocky? of you
2: being like, hey, oh, this is going to kill him because uh, of the math. Man, this is some free say, material Tom, I got oh, going out of Hey, Marty, proofread this. How's this
0: feel? <laughs> All right.
2: Um, yeah, uh, I made a little uh, a summer punch, a little mm-hmm. vodka, and a uh, mix of different things
0: here. Uh, so, yeah. Nice. Okay, nice and saucy on that. Uh, I made myself a one, one pina net the other, is the name of the drink. I've been kind mm. of obsessed. I got this pineapple gum syrup, which is basically like simple syrup with pineapple made with pineapples. Uh, it's got some mezcal, some lime juice, Amaro, a dash of cayenne. Really good. Who are good you? Stuff. I don't know. I'm a fancy cocktail, man. Yeah, you're own.
2: fucking fancy, bro. <laughs>
0: um. All right. Why don't we get into some questions here? It looks like we have one over on YouTube. This is from John Dorsey. What, Two. gentlemen, are your three favorite crossover events Of all time. Jesus H. I don't think we need to decide on three together. Because I don't think that's going to happen. Right. But I'll tell you, to give you a little time to think. I was thinking about this a little bit over the weekend. Because my son, seven years old. uh, yeah, 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 you know him. I remember that guy. Yeah, there you go. He has been super interested in Marvel stuff. The movie specifically. But he started reading Ultimate Spider-Man. Which I think I've talked about before. And then... He discovered those weird white boxes that I have laying all over the house are full of all of my old comics. Right. And not only that, I was like, You could read them. And he's like, All of them? And I was like, mm, not all of them, but you know, check them by <laughs> me
2: first. You just gotta run
0: it by me first because uh-huh.
2: uh hey son, I'm into some weird
0: shit. All right. <laughs> well, but even like you, we were flipping, dude, you we were flipping through one of the books and there was this old uh I don't know if you remember, it was I think from like the early 90s, a mini series called Havoc Wolverine Meltdown, where I think mm, they basically go on a that. drunken road trip and have a lot of sex together, not with each oh. other, with other people. Uh, but I remember that book, and that was definitely like hair grew on my chest for the first time when I read it. And I'm like, you're not ready to read that yet. Wow. <laughs> you can't do that. Um, but he picked up that. the first thing that he was very excited about. He wanted to read Infinity Gauntlet. Wow, that's where he's starting. He was super excited because he's seen Infinity War and Endgame. Sure, sure. And so he read that, and I just saw like his forehead scrunching up while he was reading it. And every once in a while, he'd be like, so how does Silver Surfer know everybody? And I was like, oh, this is the middle of uh, hundreds of comics at this point. He's like, oh, okay. Wait, what's going on with Thanos? Why are... <laughs> and then he gave up halfway through it. He was like, I'm out. Good for Give him. Give me for else. him. Yeah, he's got to start small. You can't just... Well, so I passed him the next thing, which is... There's too idiot. much going on. There's too many things, too many worlds coming together to start with. I it. found my old Amazing Spider-Mans, though. And the first one that I ever read of Amazing Spider-Man, I think, was 299 Or at least okay. that's the earliest one that I could find. And he looked at it and he was like, I don't know what's going on here. And I said, okay, start with 300 which is the first, like, beginning of the Venom stuff where he gives up the black symbiote suit. So he's been super into that. So he's been Isn't slowly that? reading through that. That doesn't answer the question necessarily, but that was to give you time. Have you come oh, up with an I, answer, I Ian?
2: completely f- forgot um, about that. with
0: my scintillating story. Yeah. I'll tell you, my favorite crossover of all time, I've said this before, is Inferno, the Marvel X-Men crossover. And mm. the reason is... And in the same log box, there's the all the Inferno books, and I'm like, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna end up reading these again because they're so good. Is that like it led up through all of the X-Men books, and there was a thing where Inferno, demons taking over New York, never would have happened if every individual X-Men team didn't screw up in a very specific way. And I love that. I love the fact that like that was so X-Men You're fucking nerd. of. Well, but, like, the X-Men make a critical error, and New Mutants make a critical error, and uh, X-Force makes a critical error, and all of these things happen where it's like they weaved it together, so where it's like, whoops, you all made these mistakes, and now demons have taken over all of New York, and the Empire State Building is covered in gross stuff and hundreds of feet tall and a mailbox is eating somebody, and it was crazy and dark, and I loved it. It was great. What nice. about you? Favorite crossover, even if not top three. Oh, I mean, uh, one of the
2: things that comes to mind is the uh, made me think of what you talked about was uh, Schism, where it was Wolverine's camp coming head to head with Cyclops, and uh, there was a lot of emotional. You like stuff. Schism
0: the best? Interesting.
2: Well, it's the one of the ones that kind of came to mind here. Uh, mm. So, interesting. I would have to do some real research and come back to this one. You know.
0: Yeah. All right. We'll do research. We'll come back. This is from Stray Bullet. For the last season of Riverdale, if you could pull any story from any of the Archie-based comics, which one would you like them to do? Archie versus Predator? Afterlife? I mean, they kind
2: of done Afterlife a little bit. I mean,
0: there's been some crazy Mm -hmm.
2: stuff on the show. Um, But yeah, I mean... uh, That Archie versus Predator thing did not end well for our friends at Riverdale. (laughs) I don't know. if That'd be a hell of
0: a way to go out. Uh, Well, I will say, not to turn this into our Riverdale podcast, but Roberto Aguirre-Sacasa, the showrunner of Riverdale, said that once they realized that they were, in fact, going to be ending the show, they were figuring out the ending of season six, and they were trying to decide... Should we go for a quieter ending or should we go for a big swing that sets up the final season, the next season? And now, once they knew it was, in fact, the final season, they're like, let's do the big swing. Let's do the big crazy thing. And oh, fuck. I don't know what that is, but I wonder, like we talked about a lot, I wonder if they're going to do the life with Archie thing. where We're going to see parallel timelines. It might not exactly be this, but in life with Archie, you followed Archie as he married Betty and Archie as he married Veronica. And I can see them doing something like that, where it's almost like Lost style with two timelines, and you don't know which one is the real one. What You know what's upsetting about this news is we could have
2: mm-hmm. gotten a, just a regular ending. Like, you imagine how nice it would have been just to end Riverdale in a not insane way and just be like, mm-hmm. hey, you know what? That was a crazy show, but at least it landed the ship, and that we can walk away going, wow, what a roller coaster. But now it's going to
0: go to crazy town. I don't
1: What's know. Gonna I think
2: like...
0: it's going to go to crazy sound for 21 episodes and then it's going to end in a really sweet and heartfelt way. Really? I truly believe that. Wow. We'll see. Uh, that would be awesome. We'll see that what happens. Awesome. Um. Ooh, we got, wait, uh, this is another one over on YouTube. Pete, what are your favorite X-Men characters and why do you love them? <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, obviously
2: it's Wolverine because he's short. And angry, mm-hmm. and uh I can relate and uh you know uh, understand what that's like uh to walk around with a lot of rage um you know, and just tall people reaching things it's you know it's not fun to watch, you know mm-hmm, what I mean yeah you gotta live that stool life, they don't know what that's like, you know what I mean they don't know what it's like to know where ladders are at all times and happen mm-hmm, to do that kind mm-hmm. of thing, yeah, man you know? live
0: that stool life, you know what I'm talking about,
2: you know, just the, just I can't even imagine. Being so tall that like you can reach stuff in the top cupboard. That's just insane lifestyle. I
0: legitimately did say to my wife the other day that I wish I was an inch and a half tall. <laughs> <laughs> just so I could reach that top shelf in the cupboard without yeah. having to be like, oh God, I yeah, can feel my yeah. muscles. My muscles yeah. are straining. I'll never
2: have any idea what's in the back of that top. It's always <laughs> no. the front I can reach mm-hmm. and swat at things. Yep. But, yeah. <laughs> the key this to is- life could be back
0: there and I'll never know. Uh, Kevin uh, asks, what was a comic story that resonated with you for the weirdest or most unexpected of reasons? Comic story that resonated with you for the most unexpected of reasons. Hmm.
2: Um. I, to me... When I read the um, the story where, um, you know, where Wolverine and Ben Grimm lost their powers and still were fighting and like um, and like didn't stop being a hero, didn't change who they were, changed how they fought, changed how they did things, but like. Uh, was such a kind of like um, cool thing at the time. I was kind of going through a transitional period as far as like what I was going to do with my life. And uh, yeah, I was surprised how much courage it gave me at the time.
0: Hmm. Um, Yeah, I'm trying to think of like, I don't know. I feel like most things resonate for me for very clear reasons, you know? Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to think about something that shocked me in some way. I mean, I think, I don't know, this isn't necessarily totally shocking, but the Hulk crossroads story, the one where mm-hmm. he was, like, kind of lost in the crossroads, sent there, banished by Doctor Strange, that, obviously, like, I was a little kid, so of course that resonated with me in retrospect, but at the time, there wasn't anything identified in the Hulk, like, that was not a character that was like, I'm the Hulk, yes, you know, that was not something that I thought, so that I guess at the time, that certainly hit, struck me I, mean, I love that story and really felt that story very deeply but probably didn't understand why until I don't know June 14th 2022 when I thought about it again wow. approximately
2: wow yeah
1: um,
2: I mean that's the thing there's there's so many different kind of comics and uh so many different kind of characters it's nice to see different things in yourself and different characters you know i'm not smart but i love to read black panther comics and uh, witness somebody strategizing and mm-hmm. making uh, great plans and using people in different ways um it's cool to kind of get to jump into other people's worlds and see how they view things uh and i think it really helps you know kind of like how you see things. If you can kind of jump around and see other people's points of view.
0: Hmm. That's a great way to put it. And folks, that is it for your audience questions. Whoop, whoop. We're going to move it to our next section, which is trivia. And for that, we're going to, to Pete. Hey, did you forget to do trivia, Pete? No,
2: no, I remembered. I remembered. Oh, great. Okay. You're
0: yeah. not hurriedly putting together some trivia questions or no. anything like that. No, no, I would just give up. Uh, <laughs> All right. Well, we I will it? say uh, real quick uh, our YouTube stream crashed again if anybody's listening to this on the podcast if you want to check out the show please come to Crowdcast rather than YouTube maybe because that does not seem to be working very well lately um, but if anybody would like to do trivia just raise your hand or say hand up first or anything like that first hand. Uh, and you will first hand up guy you will come in and win 25 free dollars at Midtown Comics. Particularly, I know there's somebody over on YouTube who wanted to do it. Um, so if you guys. want to do it, just drop your name in the comments here and we'll get it going. Uh, Pete, vamp for a second. Talk about your day. What's going on? Sure, sure. Yeah, I'd love to.
2: Um, uh, do, 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 do. What's going on? It's uh, you know, It's been a lot of rain, a lot of crazy rain uh, going on in Philly, man. I don't know about New York, but... Uh, a lot of thunderstorms and stuff, and uh, it's been a lot of just, like, crazy rain, and then it's gone. And then
0: crazy rain again, and then it's gone. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Oop, what did I do there? Oh, I changed it. Uh, this is great. This is some good behind-the-scenes stuff. Do we have any volunteers? Absolutely anybody. If not, I'm going to have to do it and donate it to charity. My oh, boy. Goodness. The worst. Nobody over here, $25, Midtown Comics. We'll give it away. Okay. I guess I'll do it. All right. Hey, today's trivia
2: is on topical comic news. And a small nod to the legend Ray
0: Liotta, R.I.P. Excellent. And if it's okay with you, Pete, I'm going to donate my winnings instead of to me and Midtown Comics to uh, Everytown for gun control. I know we've done that a couple of times, but that's still an issue that's top of mind for me. So that's Mm -hmm. what I'm competing for. And if I lose, they don't get the money. That's,
2: that's well, I have a good feeling about this. But uh, please listen to all three options before you make your selection, Okay. Cases is your first time all right here we go thanks here we Pete. go question yes. number first one time checking out your trivia yep uh what comic book company is doing the ghostbusters afterlife sequel is it a
0: dark horse mm-hmm. b hell horse or is it c kim basinger hmm. well hell horse doesn't seem to be a comic book company and mm. kim basinger It puts out some really good comics, but not Mm -hmm. usually licensed properties. So I'm going to go with the first one, Dark Horse.
2: Nice job. Here we go. Question number two.
0: Who does Iron Man propose to in Iron Man number
2: 20? Is it A, Dark Cat, B, Mm -hmm. Hellcat, or C, Dave Franco?
0: Oh, interesting. I'm getting a little bit of a theme here. Mm -hmm. Uh, Dave Franco... I know wants to super stay super hot. Single.
2: I mean, super hot, but he's like, he him. wants
0: to play the field. You know what I'm talking about? Well, like, when great, I talk to him, weird that you say that. When I text him, he's like, Bro, I'm playing the field, bro. Bro, that's what he says. I wish you would
2: stop harassing Dave Franco.
0: I never will stop doing that. Hellcat, Hellcat, nice job. Yeah, yeah. all right, Hellcat's okay, that's the okay. only
2: real one. So, I would hope you pick that one. Here we go, last one. Mecca Anime meets Blank in this new comic from DC called DC Mac Number One. Is it A, the Justice League, B, Crew of Men, or C, Amanda Crew? Huh.
0: So, uh, (laughs) given I don't actually know what Crew of Men is, Mm -hmm. I'm going to go with Justice League? The Justice League is correct! Wow! That was yeah. a close one. Yeah. We almost deprived every town. Uh, but glad to hear it. If you would like to participate in trivia, just come on over to Crowdcast. Or come on over. Come on over. And in the meantime, New second. Comics. What? In case oh, people oh, you've got a secret. The,
2: the C answers were, of course, yeah. we're talking about the 2010 rom-com Charlie St. Cloud. I mean, come on. Oh, come on. You know come what I mean? on,
0: man. I'm always thinking about Charlie St. Cloud. And I'm also always thinking about how new comic books are coming out all the time. Pete, what are you looking forward to that's coming out this week? It's a real mystery to me what you're going to say. Yeah. I mean, it's
2: uh, everything is uh, coming up. Uh, Daniel Warren Johnson, because the Jurassic League number two is bananas. And so is do a power bomb number one. So it is who it's, it's, it's a good time. It's a good time right now. It's unbelievable comics coming to you. So it's, it's, it's a great
0: time to be a comic book nerd. It is a great time. I'm going to give a shout out to Hulkling and Wiccan. Number one from Marvel. Oh, you softy, you big soft. I love that couple. So I'm very Me excited too. to check out this book from Marvel. See what happens with Locky. these little cuties see what happens with them and we're gonna be talking about all of those books in our stack podcast which rolls out as mentioned maybe justin will be there maybe wednesday 9 a.m in the comic book club feed and its own dedicated stack feed and folks that is it for this week's show (laughs) a couple of people we want to thank we want to thank marika bakula and atmaja pandya for coming on and talking about Slip. Check that out in stores right now and on Amazon, where it's number one in the category that I said. Also, Ruben Dejarra for coming on to talk about the best Archie comic ever, which is out in stores tomorrow and is super fun. Next week on the show, we're going to have a bunch of great guests here. Curtis Clow is going to be here to talk about Dark Horse Comics Beastlands. And also, Henry Zabrowski and Marcus Parks are going to be here to talk about the last comic book on the left, based on their podcast I can't last wait Last House on the Left I believe so that should the be my Last podcast. podcast on the Left Last Podcast on the Left there you go couple, I should uh, look that up for next week I guess yeah
2: Henry's an old school uh, comedian from New he York is. love
0: that I can't Shout wait to, about to catch with up again. with him and we have a bunch of other podcasts you can check out let's hear it for the boys rolling out every Friday for the new season of the boys Riverdale After Dark rolling out usually Mondays at this point after the Sunday episodes of well, Riverdale yeah. Marvel Vision. We're talking about Miss Marvel. We got a new episode dropping 3 a.m. in the morning, right now as we're talking about it. Also, the Doom Room, our Doom Patrol podcast, every Thursday. Patreon.com/slash Comic Book Club to support this show and all the shows we do. Subscribe on Apple, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice at Comic Book Live on Twitter, Comic Book Club Live on Instagram, Comic Book Club Live.com for this podcast and many more. Until next time, good night. Take care of yourself.
1: Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain.